Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Stencil with the New Books Network, the African American Studies Channel. Today I had the pleasure of talking with Black Elephants in the Room author Corey D. Fields. Very friendly gentleman, a sociology professor from Stanford University, and his book is very timely for what's going on in the country right now. We just had an election. Uh, the Republicans control all three branches of government. And you do see a lot more black Republicans, which is what his book is about. The subtitle is The Unexpected Politics of African-American Republicans. You do see a lot more black or African-American Republicans now. And it really was interested to hear what he found when he talked to those African-American Republicans. So I think this will be a very interesting podcast for you. So, again, this is Black Elephants in the Room, The Unexpected Politics of African-American Republicans by... Corey D. Fields, a professor at Stanford University. Enjoy. This is the African American Studies channel of the New Books Network. Welcome to the New Books Network. This is James Stanson, your host of the African American Studies channel. I have the pleasure today of being here with Stanford University professor in the Department of Sociology, Dr. Corey D. Fields. And we're going to be talking with him today about his book, Black Elephants in the Room. The Unexpected Politics of African-American Republicans. Very timely uh, for today's world. Dr. Fields, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. It's, it's my pleasure. Um, I'm surprised. It's like, you know, I can't imagine anyone's interested in talking about race <laughs> and politics today. What? <laughs> you, you must have been a soothsayer or a, <laughs> a psychic or a seer of some type, uh, Dr. Fields. And, um, yes. Uh, the book, again, is Black Elephants in the Room, The Unexpected Politics of African-American Republicans, here with Corey D. Fields. And Dr. Fields, before we kind of get into your book, I usually like to give the audience an opportunity to learn about the authors, the professors, the scholars writing these books. Would you mind telling us a little about your background? No, no, no problem at all. Um, so, right. So I am, let's see, sociology professor here at Stanford, but that's relatively recently. Um, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, okay. big in town. Um, spent, you know, all of my childhood there. Uh, went to college uh, at Northwestern in okay. outside Chicago in Evanston. Um, and then after that, actually worked a few years in advertising, um, marketing. So I wasn't one of these people who you sort of knew, always knew that they wanted to be uh, an academic or a college professor. Oh. Uh, I sort of, you know, spent some time out in the world, as they say, outside the ivory tower for a bit. Um, so, yeah, so worked in Chicago for four years at an ad agency there, then moved to Atlanta for two years um, and worked there. Uh, fell in love with the ATL, but <laughs> decided to give it up to go back um, to Chicago again uh, for grad school, also okay. at Northwestern, um, and then d- did that, and then, you know, came out here uh, to California for the job at Stanford. So, you know, I definitely 
um, had a somewhat non-traditional trajectory sure. uh, for academics, but it's, um, you know, I like to think it's a lesson that, you know, any path can lead to academia if you Absolutely. If sort of something you're interested in. And so for me, it was, you know, a great opportunity to be able to, you know, research things I was interested in mm-hmm. um, and sort of in my own way, on my own dime, sort of, you know, <laughs> following my own agenda, you know, because in some ways, you know, advertising was cool. And I did a lot of similar kinds of work, you know, market research, consumer mm-hmm. insight stuff. But right. in that world, it's like, you know, something stops being interesting the moment the client stops paying for it. So that's oh, <laughs> definitely a different world than the academy. Innocence. Yeah. In, innocent. innocent, right. Because actually, I think well, on both sides are you really you're like hesitant to um, admit how much they have in common. Right. right? So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Thank you for, for sharing that. And, and as you mentioned, uh, Dr. Fields, it's really important for people to realize you can follow very, you know, assorted many different paths to get into academics and, you know, into a, a career in a college or university. You don't have to follow the same path and really at any point in your life, you know, so to speak. Definitely. And I think the other thing it's important to consider is to think about, you know, ways you can use a Ph.D. in the world, not just academia. You know, it's right. Like as we're, you know, as we're, I think we're going to be increasingly seeing over the next few years, like right. the country has a need for smart people in all capacities. Right. Um, and Absolutely. in all roles. So, you know, people I encourage people, you know, my students and um anyone who is thinking, considering a PhD to think about opportunities outside of academia, um, ways you could apply that knowledge. So definitely. Absolutely. Very good. Is there anyone that you'd like to, you know, give any credit to or shout out your current students, former students, or anyone who was influential to you um, in writing this book or any of your other academic work? No credit to anyone. I did it all on my own. <laughs> Solo man. No, 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 no. Definitely. You know, I think, uh, you know, there are a lot of people um, I can think, you know, what I joke that I could have the acknowledgement alone could have been a 30 page chapter Absolutely. of the book. Um, but, you know, I have definitely have to shout out the folks at Northwestern in the sociology yes. department um, who supported this project, you know, from its inception to its publication. Right. Um, and also Professor Ruel Rogers over okay. in Poli Sci at Northwestern, who was doing some awesome work on black politics, okay. um, was a great sort of shepherd and believer in the project, really when nobody else believed in it, okay. when I didn't believe in it. Um, and Wendy Esplin and Gary Fine at the Social Department at Northwestern mm-hmm. were big supporters of mine. Um, and my colleagues here at Stanford have been great. Um, particularly the folks over at the Center for the Comparative Studies of Race and Ethnicity at Stanford. So if you find yourself on the West Coast and want to hear some interesting, super smart people say some awesomely smart and insightful things about Mm -hmm. race and ethnicity, you should make your way over to Stanford and Mm -hmm. check out CCSRE. It's where it's at. Um, Uh Not just saying that because I'm here, though that helps. so, yeah, so those, you know, folks have been great. And, you know, the current crop of students I'm teaching, undergrads and grads, um, have been amazing. Um, you know, Marian Cadeau, grad student who did some work on the project, was awesome. Koji Chavez. All right. Um, super great. Hopefully they're listening. <laughs> Hopefully they're listening. Um, yes, I will send the link out. And everybody in my freshman seminar on race and politics, right. please, please. 
um, keep doing the reading, keep doing the work. <laughs> yeah. So no. So everybody's been great. Awesome. Everybody's been great. And I'm going to take you up on that. You know, when I when I get to the West Coast, I'm definitely coming to see you over at Stanford. So so get ready. Definitely, definitely, dude. We could do like two or three shows, um, live, <laughs> a live shows, man. It's some great stuff happening All over right. here. We can t- we'll talk about that all off offline, but that does definitely sounds like a great idea. But you know, uh, uh, New Books Network again. This is the African American Studies Channel, and I'm here. I'm your host, James Stanson. I'm here with Corey D. Fields, the author of Black Elephants in the Room: The Unexpected Politics of African American Republic- uh, Republicans. And as you can tell, we're having a good time here. It's like you just kind of, the audience just kind of stepped in and we're sitting around in the dorm room talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Fields, uh, maybe maybe uh, tell us a little bit about your book. You know, what motivates you to do this research? And, you know, our listeners, if they picked up your book, you know, what would they find in it? You know, what what is something really interesting that, you know, they could really gain from your book? Yeah. Um, so I think I like to think uh, one of the interesting things about the book, at least for me and doing the project, sure. was finding out that, you know, all black Republicans aren't the same. Right. Okay. So going into this project, I think I was like most of your listeners. My exposure to black Republicans came from the media. You know, I mean, sure. it, it will talk a little bit more about sort of the, the media, um, but it came, you know, images on TV, Fox News, you know, CNN, mm-hmm. and you, you sort of have this face of what black Republicans are actually like. And um, going into the project, there was a little bit of a head scratch for me of like, who are these people? Like, how could they, you know, sort of do this? Because, you know, you see black Republicans on TV and they're certainly um, a pretty consistent message of sort of, you know, like race doesn't matter. Stop talking about race. You know, almost this sort of finger pointing um, black Republican type image. And so going into the project, I was sort of expecting um, to encounter a lot of that. And so mm-hmm. what I was surprised by, which isn't to say that that doesn't exist in right. the world, of black Republicans, because it certainly does. Sure right. It does. Sure it but does. it's not all that's there. Right. And so for there me, more than that. Surprising. there's more than that. And so for me, the surprise, and I think, you know, people might be interested in sort of, you know, the differences among black Republicans, right? Oh, like all okay. black Republicans aren't the same. And I think, you know, reading about it, um, folks might find that, you know, there's some black Republicans who managed to combine being black and Republican in ways that, you know, might be compelling um, okay. in a lot of ways. Um, but I think part of the story of the book is why is it that the only black Republicans we hear from are ones who sort of say race doesn't matter, right? right. The black Republicans, like, you know, like when you see the guys um, at the, you know, Republican convention talking about Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. protests as like terrorism, right? Like this sort of, you know, really um, high strong, I mean, I guess it probably would be fair to say sort of like anti-black kind of message okay. that's promoted, um within the party, that's not the only story um, of black Republicans. And so I think one of the things that might be compelling for folks in the book is to, you know, see the range of ex- uh-huh. range of sort of representation among black Republicans. And so, cause it's, you know, it's a, it, it was surprising to me. I, I didn't expect it. And, okay. you know, I was surprised that, you know, how much infighting there was among black Republicans and you definitely you know, don't see I, that as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what's interesting is like, you know, the complications and complexity of what's happening um, in terms of black partisanship 
especially within the Republican Party, often get um, mapped over and like sort of erased mm. through um, internal party po- like processes, right? So okay. the complication and like conflict and difference and variation that I see among black Republicans gets completely erased by the time we turn on the TV, right? And there's, you know, um, I don't know, Clarence Thomas sort of saying affirmative action has to end. Black folks need to stop complaining about racism, right? Um, And so one of the things the book does, uh, in addition to telling sort of the story of what it's like to be black and Republican, is sort of focus in on how is it that, you know, what I call race-conscious black Mm. Republicans get silenced. Mm. That is really interesting, and certainly it would be unexpected as your right. title. No, exactly, and sort of in some ways the unexpectedness. Uh, I mean, it's it's a multi-level kind of unexpectedness, right? They're unexpected because the vast majority of Black people are not Republican, so it's sort of unexpected for a Black person to be Republican. But I also think it's like unexpected given our perceptions of what you know, black Republicans are like the mm-hmm. image of black Republicans. And I think it's sort of an unexpected combination to find that, you know, black Republicans, there are black Republicans who see themselves as engaged in mm-hmm. what we might think of as pro-black politics. Sure, right. right. So, and that definitely would surprise some people. Right, right, right. It's just, you know, they would say, oh, the best thing for black people are conservative social policies, right? That, you know, promote businesses and promote family and, you know, small government, because, you know, the government gets coded as white. And the best thing for black people is less white involvement in their lives and communities. Right. So they sort of take these Republican policies and um, try to frame them in ways that are um, beneficial to African-Americans. Right. It's sort of a, what I in the book, one of the things I say is their goal is to try to take Republican politics and make those black politics. Right. Uh. Um, And so that's, you know, like I said, that's one camp, this sort of race conscious camp that I deal with. But that those group of African-American Republicans are often in contention or at odds with, you know, what I call colorblind black Republicans. Those are folks who say, you know, what's interesting about it is the colorblind folks, even in their own way, see themselves as engaged in, you know, this project of racial uplift, of lifting up black folks. They just say like, oh. Black people, we need to stop talking about race and racism and fix ourselves, right? So it's in some ways, it's not that, you know, the race-conscious black Republicans, mm-hmm. you know, want good things to happen to black people and the colorblind folks don't. It's like both of them think that their pathway is what's best right. for black people. It's just that one group wants to emphasize race and racism and discrimination mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the center of their politics, whereas the other group wants to say, yo, let's not talk about that. Let's focus on, you know, our own communities and stop complaining about what the white man did to us kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Now, you know, surprise, surprise, one group gets a lot of play within the party Mm -hmm. and the other group ends up getting marginalized. So that's, you know, Mm -hmm. one piece of the story is, the differences among black Republicans. Mm -hmm. But the other piece of the story is, you know, why is it that we never hear from these race conscious guys? Like, why don't we ever hear black Republicans getting up and saying, you know, we should be supporting small government because 
the larger the government is, the stronger, like, that's white people stepping on our necks and, like, mm. let us manage our own communities. Um, you know, because there's, I mean, one of the things I sort of found out doing this research is, like, okay. there are ways you can think about conservative policies or Republican policies. You can frame them in ways that, you know, might speak to the interests of black people directly. Right. Right. But the party doesn't do that. Right. 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 So, you know, it's not like these these cats aren't out there sort of, you know, being race conscious and pro black. Right. Um, But also being conservative. It's just that they're not getting an audience. Right. Like they're not getting a platform to make these statements. And so in some ways, you know, it becomes really important thinking about white Republicans. Right. And that's one of the things I try to do in the book. Absolutely. And again, we're talking to Corey Fields, Dr. Corey D. Fields of Stanford University, his book, Black Elephants in the Room, The Unexpected Politics of African-American Republicans. We're having a very interesting conversation here on the New Books Network. I hope listeners are really getting a lot out of this because Dr. Fields has found some things out in his research that many of us maybe were not aware of. And that brings me kind of to another question, Dr. Fields. Uh, Did you find that these Republicans that you were speaking with, were they open or were they more reluctant in telling their stories? Uh, It's interesting, right? That's, yeah, it's a little bit of a mixed answer, right? So um, one thing is, I would definitely say black Republicans are a bit gun shy, right, Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of media representations and, you know, the the sellout image. In the book, I talk about this as like the sellout critique, Mm -hmm. right? Black Republicans um, are sort of framed as, you know, working against the interests of black people as a group. And because of this reputation, they, you know, I think there was some initial hesitancy to talk to this, you know, uh, sociologist doing uh, a research, big research project. Right. Like I, in some ways I sort of embodied everything that they were afraid of that. Oh, this guy's coming at me. Um, So it definitely took a minute to try to convince them, you know, to say, like, look, I'm not here to judge anybody's politics. I'm here to sort of, you know observe and report right mm-hmm. i yeah i sort of came at them and was like look i'm a scientist i'm a social scientist i'm not this isn't a political hack job or political <laughs> puff piece right like i just want to know what's it like on your end and i want to you know sort of gather that experience and report on it right like um give it a platform um and so with that you know i think you know once i convinced people that i was legit I think there was a lot of openness to actually. Right. So like once you break that, once I broke down those sort of initial concerns, people were eager to talk. Right. Like I think it's important to remember this is a group that feels like nobody understands them, like nobody gets what it's like. Right. Other black folks don't understand, but neither do white Republicans. And so they, you know, felt like when they had an opportunity to be heard, they took it. (laughs) Well, good for them. And you definitely were the right person for them to talk to. (laughs) Again, the book Black Elephants in the Room, The Unexpected Politics of African-American Republicans. Corey D. Fields of Stanford University is the author. And we're talking to him today on the New Books Network, the African-American Studies Channel. And Corey, I wanted to ask you this, too. Uh, What in which regions of the country was it California mainly or, you know, other regions? Did you talk to these Republicans all over? All, there was all over. I mean, I did sort of focus in. So, you know, one of 
actually, this it relates back to your last question of mm-hmm. were people, was it easy to find people to talk to and were people open? One of the ways I was able to sort of like get people to loosen up their tongues was to promise anonymity, right? So, oh. you know, I told people, you know, you can talk to me, you won't be put on blast, right? <laughs> It'll just be, you know, not quite between me and you, but I'll give you a different name and sort of disguise your location and whatnot. Um, so I can't go into sort of the specifics of which sure. states I was in, right? Because remember, it's this is a, the network of African American Republican activists in any state is pretty tiny. So right. you could, you know, pr- probably with. Um, suss out who folks are. But, you know, I did talk to people across a variety of political contexts. So I, okay. I can say that much. I talked to people in liberal states. I talked to people in conservative states. Mm. I talked to people in swing states. Right. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. You definitely saw there was some difference in ex- I mean, well, surprisingly, there was like a fair amount of consistency, like okay. no matter where you were, the experience of being black and Republican was fundamentally shaped by this challenge of having to convince people, black people, but also white Republicans, that you a person could be black and Republican without sort of like any conflict, right? Like okay. that happened no matter where you were at. Um, there was some interesting variation that the folks who were doing this work in swing states, you know, in those contexts, you found um, white Republicans were maybe a little bit more open to this oh. race conscious message. You know, it wasn't that like they were silencing the colorblind folks. It's that they were also kind of listening okay. uh, to race conscious folks. Now, what's interesting about that, right, it's like, you know, um, that makes sense, right? So in mm-hmm. a place like Ohio or Pennsylvania or Florida, a thousand black votes makes a difference. So. Right you might be more inclined to sort of talk about these conservative policies in ways that black people might care about. Right. Um, But it's ironic, too, though, because those are also the same context where, you know, the Republican Party, um, maybe not directly, but certainly has been um, stood silent and, you know, tacitly encouraged some pretty intense voter suppression. Mm -hmm efforts also in black communities right so it's it's interesting in that the very place the very context where the party has expressed the most willingness to sort of support a pro-black message are also the same places where they're most aggressively trying to curtail uh black political engagement so it's a little bit you know hug you with one hand smack you with the other one (laughs) Unfortunately, that's probably more accurate than we would uh, like to think. Yes. No, I mean, look, that black Republicans I talked to would sort of say, you know, you could level those same charges against the Democratic Party. But that's true. You, know, you do. I mean, you could. I mean, how accurate that would be is probably a little different. But I think, you know, certainly there's something to think about in regards to, um, you know, the black partisanship more broadly. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of, you know, what does each party have to offer? I mean, obviously, after this current election, all that sort of um, goes up in the air and gets real complicated, or I guess maybe both more complicated and less complicated. I don't think that, you know, the Republican Party made a particularly good show this election cycle in terms of reaching out to um, minority voters. But who knows what might happen in the future? Right. And again, I'm here with Dr. Corey D. Fields of Stanford University, the book Black Elephants in the Room. This is the New Books Network. 
I'm your host, James Stansel. And I did want to, I know we, we discussed earlier that you have a class coming up, so I can't keep you <laughs> too long today. So I definitely wanted to, uh, you know, thank you for your, your time. But I did want to ask you just because I know the listeners are going to want to know, get your perspective on this too. With the new election of President-elect Donald Trump, do you think right. we're gonna, are we going to see an increase in black Republicans, uh, a decrease? What do you think? I, okay, so my thinking is, in terms of actual numbers of black folks who are going to be Republican, um, I think it's going to be a hard sell out the gate, right? Increasing in numbers. But I do think that, you know, we might see an increase in sort of the high profile black Republicans, right? Like I think probably we'll see this administration, um, you know, making, um, gestures mm-hmm. to make amends. Like I think you know the campaign um, was very heated and very. I think people you know the expression of um, racist imagery, racist rhetoric, um, this sort of firing up like a sort of racial anxiety and racial right. resentment among whites was off the chain, right? Like that's an undeniable uh, fact. But I think coming out of that, it's going to be important for the administration to signal, you know, like we're for everybody. There's, you know, and True. very similarly to how, you know, um, in 2008 and 2012, Obama had to sort of like, you know, nod to bringing the entire country together. I think we're going to see similar messages from President-elect Trump. And I think maybe as part of that, you know, this signal that, you know, his administration is for everybody, there's going to be room to sort of, you know, put black Republicans um, in some high profile FaceTime Mm -hmm. positions. Right. Now, the real trick is thinking back to what we were talking about earlier is what kind of black Republicans are we going to see? Are we going to see folks who are saying like, you know, um, for lack of a better term, are we going to see, see people who have a message of black power through conservative principles, or are we going to see people who are sort of parroting a race doesn't matter message? Mm-hmm. Now that's going to be um, the telling part, and that that'll be what you should look for when you see these okay. black Republicans and you see these Latino Republicans and you see these sort of you know the women Republicans that Donald Trump is and probably you're probably going to see some Muslim Republicans right that Donald Trump is going to um, give a platform to listen to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. If they're saying, you know, this sort of same old stuff, um, but just in a black face, then, you know, judge that how you want to judge that. But, you know, if they, you know, have um, a new message or a different message, well, it, I, let's put it this way. I'd be surprised, but please. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, I'm here with Corey D. Fields of Stanford University, the book, Black Elephants in the Room, and um, this is the New Books Network, the African American Studies Channel. We're going to have to let Doctor Fields go because he's got a class. He's <laughs> he has to go to. Uh, Those kids you, aren't going to teach themselves. That's right. Thank you so much for your time, Doctor Fields. And um, it, if you could just briefly share with the audience any last yeah. thoughts, or just tell us, you know, any current work or future work that you that you have in the pipeline. Um, well, you know the. The Black Republicans Project was a big thing, and that was like great to do. And coming out of that, it got me thinking, you know, about um, sort of other contexts where people are having to manage Black identity and sort okay. of 
how that happens, right? Um, and so this time I'm like shifting gears a little bit um, from politics to business. And so the next project is going to sort of explore um, African Americans in the advertising industry okay. and what that's like. Um, and sort of the work that's being done in that context. So if any of your listeners work in advertising mm-hmm. or know someone in advertising or interested in advertising, they should definitely reach out and give me a yell. Uh, I am interested right. in hearing the stories and perspectives of black folks working in advertising. Uh, that sounds good. So listeners, any of you who work in that field, and if you want to be a part of Dr. Corey Field's next book project, definitely uh, give him a call or email him at Stanford University. And so we're not going to take up too much more of his time today. He's got to go teach those students and pay those bills. But, <laughs> but Black Elephants in the Room is the book, The Unexpected Politics of African-American Republicans. This book is published by the University of California Press, the author, Dr. Corey D. Fields. Dr. Fields, thank you so much for your time today. And the New Books Network listeners are all the better for what you share with them today. This is a very unique and interesting topic and definitely very timely, sir. Well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And seriously, like, you know, pick up the book if you're interested in black Republicans, if you're interested in race and politics. Um, And, yeah, I really appreciate you guys giving me uh, an opportunity to come talk about it. The conversation's been great. And I am looking forward to doing this again. Oh, yes. We we definitely want to get you back for your next project as well. No worries. (laughs) We'll, We'll be in touch. All right. This is James Stansel for the New Books Network, the African-American Studies channel. The book we talked about today, Black Elephants in the Room, University of California Press, Corey Fields. Check it out. Very interesting in today's world. And we'll see you next time. Take care. New Books Network. Okay, I'd like to thank you again for tuning in. This was a great interview. I had a lot of fun talking with Corey D. Fields of Stanford University about his book, University of California Press. Black Elephants in the Room, The Unexpected Politics of African-American Republicans. Definitely, as he said, if you're in the area, go go and check out the institute where he works. Some great scholarship being done there. And we'll just have to see what happens in the future with the, these black Republicans. Are they going to be more? Are they going to become more accepted? It's really interesting to, see, to hear him talk about the different types of black Republicans. So definitely go and check out his book. He did some great work and some great great research there. So that's all the time we have for today. I look forward to spending some time with you again on the New Books Network, the African American Studies channel. Again, this is your host, James Stansel. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.